Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 61 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I am so glad that you are here. Today, I'm talking with the delightful Olivia Dunn about things like observational micro essays and um, what it means when somebody tells you to do two more drafts. You will love her. She is a doll, and I really enjoyed talking to her. So you have that to look forward to. Uh, a little bit of an update. You can hear in my voice that I am sick. I brought home from the Puerto Vallarta retreat uh, this germ bug that just has had me down for, this is the eighth day of it now, uh, which is kind of dumb. Nobody wants to have a head cold for eight days. Like the flu, you can understand it. The flu is going to take you down, but a cold is just so annoying. So I've got that up in my sinuses. The, the, the excitement of the moment is that there is a grass fire burning on the hills just outside my window. I can literally see them dropping fire retardants. So um, there are all sorts of tankers up in the air and helicopters with their Bambi buckets dropping water. Um, did you know what a Bambi bucket is? I tweeted this, but uh, I know this because I was in the fire service for many years. And the Bambi bucket is the thing that attaches below the helicopter. It's a bucket that drops water and they frequently refill in lakes or big bodies of water, even swimming pools. And um, sometimes they get more than they bargained for. Sometimes they get a Bambi up in that bucket to drop. That's, I don't, I think that's actually just a fire legend, but I bet they often dump fish on fires. And I'm not kidding about that. Uh, so, so far this podcast has started off rambly. Um, let's keep it going. Let's blame the cold medicine for that. So Puerto Vallarta was so great, you guys. It was really hot. It was a little too hot. Um, and it was hurricane season. So we were there for tropical storm Norma, which just dumped the most amazing amounts of rain, huge thunder and lightning storms, which uh, we all loved. None of us minded that. And actually, when it was raining, it would cool off a little bit too. So but this writing retreat, um, I held it at a villa that I had never been to um, before, and I was hoping it was going to be okay. It was eight bedrooms, so it was me and seven writer guests, and it had ten bathrooms, four stories up on this hill overlooking the bay, um, which is the seventh largest bay in the world, I found out. It is incredibly gorgeous. Uh, it had three swimming pools. So there were there was a pool on three of the four levels, um, which was completely ridiculous. And there were these little pools, you know, surrounded. Each one had a swim up bar, and um, it was it was madness. It had five staff people, including three chefs, and uh, they literally waited on us throughout the whole thing, which is not like me, you guys. I do not know how to be waited on. I am the person who. You know, if the waitress doesn't mind, I will help pour the coffee. I can't stand to, I don't know what to do when somebody brings me a margarita, you know, while I'm in the pool, except I, I got, you know, I learned, you say yes, you say yes, of course. And um, they made incredible food for us. They did breakfast and dinner every day and we wrote all morning. And then um, some people wrote in the afternoons, that was free time. 
in the evenings, I'd have people, um, if they wanted to write with me, they could. And we, we wrote more on our own projects then. In the morning, it's um, more driven by my own machinations and exercises. And uh, we just had a really, really great time. And it was wonderful. Um, and I loved seeing the iguanas in the trees and these birds called chachalacas, which just sound like the word. It's, it's an, it's a, um, onomatopoeic word, chachalaca. That's kind of what they, what they sound like when they're fighting in the trees. They look like kind of a cross between a turkey and a peacock. Fantastic. Uh, so anyway, I'm super, super honored that I got to do that. And um, it's absolutely worth the cold that we all brought home. And um, But I have to say, I'm very, very glad to be back at the desk. I'm into the thriller revisions. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, they're, they're going okay. I... Um, I'm reading this book right now that I wanted to tell you about by Larry Brooks. And I love Larry Brooks's story engineering for the way he looks at story. And I recently just came across a book that he has called Story Fix. And it's his book about revision, um, which is great. I love revision. I am passionate about revision. It's the only place where I feel confident. However, we can always learn more. Always, always, always learn more. So I picked up the book and um, he does a really great job, job um, at explaining that when you go into revision, that's the time to think again about both your concept and your premise. And I won't go into detail about how those two things in his mind are separated or what, um, how he puts them back together. Uh, but it's really, really helped me in jumping back into this revision to have a very, very clear concept and premise, which I, you know, you don't know when you're writing the first draft. You have a vaguely semi-adequate understanding of what your premise is and and what concept it's based upon. Um, But that changes. It always changes as you write a novel. And when you get to the end, you do have this kind of Frankenstein beast, even if you've plotted it out, that needs to be smoothed and put back together and, and raised. His whole point is, this is the point at which you can figure out how to raise the book to the standards um, that you want to achieve. And so I'm really enjoying Story Fix by Larry Brooks. Check it out. Uh, put a link in the show notes. And um, let's see what else. That, I think that's all I wanted to tell you about. I wanted to thank new patrons, um, Stephen Turner, who, thanks Stephen. Stephen also pledges over at um, the Pedal to the Metal, which is my podcast with Jay Thorne, um, which is super fun. If you're not listening to that, we have a really good time talking about the job of writing. And so thanks Stephen for um, pledging to this Patreon. Nicole Morgan, thank you very, very, very much. And Vicki Backen, um, thanks you guys so much. Um, new patrons, it means so much to me, as always, with your patronage of um, my Patreon campaign. You get an essay a month from me on the creative life. And if you pledge at the $3 an essay level, you get texts from me a couple times a week, which you can reply back to. They're basically me encouraging you to get your work done. Also, your patronage gets you the satisfaction that you're truly a patron of the arts in the old fashioned way. And that is so awesome. And I appreciate it mightily and heartily. If you want to look into that, that's at patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And now let's just jump right into the interview with Olivia Dunn. I know you're going to enjoy it. And until we meet again, happy writing to you. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my stop stalling and write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome Olivia Dunn. Hi, Olivia. 
Hi. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Let me give you a little introduction. Um, Olivia Dunn is a visiting assistant professor of writing at Skidmore College and a creative writing instructor at the Art Center of the Capital Region. She holds an MFA for the University of Iowa's nonfiction writing program, which is so cool. Um, She's happy to be back in the Capital Region where she grew up, and her essays have appeared recently in the Pinch Journal and McSweeney's. So how are you doing today? I'm good. Um, Upstate New York is having summer, Uh, which we didn't have all summer, and now we are having it today. So just cranking the air conditioning and staying inside. You do have air conditioning. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. had these terrible days of 113 degree heat uh, recently and, and nobody in this area of California has air conditioners. We just, no. so it was just complete. And I, I, I texted you right before we started. I'm literally, I've been sitting on this chillo, which is one of those things that you put in the freezer and then you like put on your pillow when you go to bed. I thought that was some kind of cool joke it's that you were like, oh, I'm chillo. chillaxing on my chillo. No, no it's a real thing. I took it out of the okay. freezer and I sit on it or I put it on my lap, which is where it just was. And it's so awesome. Okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to write that down. You really should. It's beautiful. Right. It's we need it today and tomorrow. And then next weekend it's going to be like 60. So anyway, chillo. Yeah. A little tip for everyone. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about your writing process. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What is the best time of day for you to write and where do you end up writing? So I'm in my office right now, which is the second bedroom in my apartment. Um, so I'm lucky to have a dedicated, more or less writing space. Usually there's laundry drying in here too. Um, and so I try to get up and write first thing in the morning, um, probably because I heard from other writers that that was a good time. But I've really felt that if I come right in here, as I have my coffee, before I'm awake, that is the best time to sink my teeth in. Um, If I sort of sit around and chatting and texting and reading first, then I, my brain is in another realm. So that kind of like early morning dream state is ideal. That's so funny that you say that. I I just recorded a podcast last week that I've really realized that my method is to do the exact same thing. I call it breaking the seal. Like if you mm-hmm. get in there and write before you yes. wake up, then you can go back to it all day. Yeah. You, know, you can dip back in and out. But if you don't, yeah. if you don't, if for me personally, everybody's different. Yeah. But for me personally, if I don't get on it first thing, I won't get on it for the rest of the day. Yeah. So, and, and, um, do you, are you an everyday writer? Or are you more of a binge writer? I try to be an everyday chip away writer. Um, my gut instinct is like, oh, if I can't write like a whole lot, then it's not worth it at all. But that's not true because <laughs> you can get a lot done in a little bit um, per day. Yeah. I still have a blog, but I used to blog daily um, when I had my first sort of boring office job in my 20s. And, you know, I thought, oh, I'm just writing like a little paragraph every day. But it, when, when I finally like put it all together in a document, I was like, I have 800 pages. Like (laughs) a lot of it is trash, right? you know, complaining about something, but I mean, a paragraph a day is huge. So I've tried to keep that logic sort of on top of my gut, which is like, you know, wants to see big progress. Right. 4,000 words or bust. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) So what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? 
Um, that's a great question. I hate editing. I like coming up with new stuff and I like to finish. So I think that's just a question of like how I've been writing, which is to write really short things and then call them done. <laughs> um, so that's really satisfying. Um, but I think, I think I struggle with all of it. I think I struggle with making the time to write, like making myself get up, um, making sure I carve time every day, working with procrastination, um, sending stuff out. I don't know. That's kind of a depressing but realistic answer. Like I think all of it is hard except for when you're actually doing it and it's fun because you're thinking of something new. So that's correlated to the next question is what is your biggest joy in writing? Is that part of it? Yeah. Yeah. I think – it's sort of accessing that free and childlike state that we don't normally get to access. I have this sticky note on my wall here that a friend of mine said to me. Um, She's an artist and she said, maybe we don't need the space to create the art. Maybe we need the art to create the space. So yeah. And sometimes I look at that and I think, what does that mean? Like, why is that up there? But it's about like getting to play and getting to like be creative and do it. So that's my joy, I guess. Yeah. And it's so easy to forget that. It's so easy to lose that in all the minutiae of, of everything else that we're doing. Yeah. And all the like progress and completion goals that we have. Right. right. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. What is yeah. the absolute best or worst writing advice? you've ever been given? (laughs) I love this question. I was thinking about this and my answer is actually both mixed together. Oh, this will be good. Um, Yeah. So I had a professor in grad school um, and he read my essay and we, you know, everybody met with their professors to talk about um, what they needed to do to revise. And the professor said something like, well, I think that you need to do two more drafts and then you're about 90% there. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah, okay. And then I was like, wait, that doesn't mean anything. That's (laughs) meaningless, right? Right. And another friend had had a similar experience where he was like, I think you need two more pages, right? It was like, "Mm, did you read my work or are you just giving me? So it was bad advice. Yeah. But it was also exactly what I needed to hear because it was liberating. He was saying, you'll figure it out. You have to do this yourself. Like, I don't know. I can't help you. Yeah. I mean, and then you'll be 90% like, and I just, that like set me free. I was like, he doesn't know anything. (laughs) And, and, but he did because he was like, you need to just keep writing this. And then, you know, without saying, yeah, without saying like, get out of my office. I'll never be able to help you. You can only help yourself, which is true in a way. He was like, just keep doing, you know, I was like, just keep going. I love that. So, he really, yeah. he really made it clear that he didn't have the roadmap and that you already did. And that you, yeah. and he had confidence that you would figure it out. But he framed it as a specific set of instructions that right. I could go follow. So I felt like, okay, two more drafts, you That's know, super 90%, sneaky. 90%. Super sneaky yeah. and awesome and terrible yeah. all at once. That is really great. Yeah. yeah. 
But I have always remembered that. I'm like, oh, I'm probably two more drafts. And, <laughs> and usually anything, anything can be improved with two more drafts, anything. You know, so it's pretty, it's a pretty safe thing to say to anyone, really. <laughs> right. And it also was like, it also it was like a cone. It was like two more drafts. Like that could be 10 years of work, two more drafts of something. Or it could be like three days. So it was like. Okay, two more drafts. I don't know. I mean, like, I bet, what is a draft even like? I bet he's still saying that to everyone who comes in his office. It's pretty genius. Okay. <laughs> I can, <use> it. <laughs> can you share a quick craft tip of any sort with us? So my craft tip is notebooks. How so? So I've been trying to write by hand. Everybody loves to say this nowadays, but my craft <laughs> is and I have a prop is a big notebook from Muji. Ooh, love a Muji. Just blank. Wow, okay. So this isn't really craft in terms of editing, but this one's blank, so that's not a good example actually. <laughs> but um you can do a brainstorm on it. You can do like when I can't figure out what I'm doing, I go back to these big notebooks. I have like three or four of them here. And like what themes am I you know like and then do like circles and lines and especially because I'm working on a book. So like to be able to even keep that information in your mind, like you need big paper for that is my feeling. I love that. And I'm always struggling with the little paper. Mm -hmm. uh, I do, I do the Midori Traveler's Journal, but, but I'm always like, you know, posting and drawing arrows. Arrows are my favorite things. Or the wall. Yeah, which I can't show you. Okay. Well, I'm on a desktop. It's behind you, but I have pieces of paper on the wall. So do you use, I need the space. Yeah. Do you use colors? Do you use post-its? Anything else like that? Um, I have some post-its. And I have like a ripped out sheet of paper that a man gave me after a reading I did once where he sort of mansplained me some history of my town here. Um, but I love it. So awesome. I, I keep it. You know, I just... <laughs> I like to be surrounded by awesome. So what do you do, though, when you're, like, out and about and you can't carry one of those big Muji journals? Voice memos. Ah. Okay. How do you collate them? How do you remember to pull them out? I put a note in my to-do list that do says you? voice memos, and then I type them up afterwards. So smart. Because I commute to work driving, so... Yeah. I can't write, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I'm always like fumbling with my phone and sort of screaming to myself or like, you know, there's like music in the background and then I'm muttering like, oh shit, you know, excuse me. So. <laughs> I actually removed everything off the front of my phone except for Evernote to take notes in and a voice app recently. So that even when I'm driving, I don't have to really look to That's see so where smart. that button is. It's the only yeah. thing there. Because the voice memos is white, and I can never – I always press settings somehow, and then I'm like, oh, God, you know. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. When you have a self-doubt or dark mm -hmm. days, how do you deal with it when you're really not getting the work done? I just stop. I just stop doing it. <laughs> I think that I could be better about pushing through – um, but I think I'm, for better or for worse, good at taking a break. So I just... I think that's good. I think, yeah. that's, I think that's healthy. Yeah, but then I maybe should have just sat through it a little bit instead of going off and then feeling guilty that I'm doing something uh. else. But um, I don't know. Call a friend. 
go for a walk. Yeah. Just go to bed, frankly. Go to sleep. I'm such, <laughs> a, such a big fan of that. I'm such a big fan of going to bed with a book at any time, day or night. Or just go, or just like, nope, today is, I choose to end the day. <laughs> over now and restart tomorrow I like that yeah I like that a lot I think that's my philosophy too I've never said it that clearly (laughs) on really bad days one of those really dark days um if you could have any other profession that wasn't Mm. writing or teaching what would you choose Mm. um well I think that the thing I miss most or the thing that seems to be lacking from a life of the mind, if you will, is like the tangible result mm-hmm. of something being done, mm-hmm. um, which is why I like cooking. Mm-hmm. I would never choose that as my profession because I was a waitress for many years and oh, yeah. I, I can't stand the heat, as they say. <laughs> um, but the other job that I used to have was working in the movies, doing like assistant I mean, as like a PA doing set design stuff. Um, And that didn't work out, which is for the best because I don't think it was really for me. But I did painting and wallpapering and shopping and like the satisfaction of like having the room painted like that is cool. So I don't think I would work in the movies, but because they have like 12 hour days, like now I'm accustomed to a much softer life, but like. (laughs) I don't know, like, I would, like, buy an old farmhouse. Ooh. I could probably still do this maybe in my rich future that I'm imagining, but I'm, like, redoing it. Yeah. Something physical. Something, something like, that you really, could see like, and touch. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, right now vacuuming is, like, the closest I'm getting to the kind of, like, home renovation. You know, but I think, like, being a painter, yeah. a house painter. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I would like to invite you to come paint my house. Sure. This, this place could use it. <laughs> I can do it. I just need a little ladder <laughs> and a roller. That's awesome. You're hired. What Thank is you. the what's the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? Um can I say more than one thing? I would love you to say more than one thing. Okay, great. Yeah. So my first instinct was um this book, The Idiot, um, by the writer, and now I just realized I don't know how pr- how to pronounce her name. Elif Boutman, E L I F B A U T M A N N. She's a Turkish writer. Okay, and yeah, it's so funny, Um, and I love a funny book. So it's about a college freshman at Harvard who is an idiot, and I have been recommending it to people right and left, and saying, "Listen, I don't know if you're going to love this as much as I did because I teach college freshmen." And I love an academia book of any sort. Yes. I'm always in. And she has captured that freshman idiocy (laughs) to a T. And I'm saying that not just because of my job, but because of my freshman year. I went to Boston University, so it takes place in Boston, and she's wondering. And and it's written in vignettes, and it's hilarious. Um, Loved it. Highly recommended. Top of the list. Great. Um, And then the book I'm reading right now is – Rebecca Solnit, Hope in the Dark. I love her, and I haven't read that one. It's so small. What's the premise of that one? I'm not even sure. So she's just basically saying, and it's horrifying because it's from, you know, 15 years ago, um, that activism is a slow road. 
and not to give up. So wow. her whole thing is like, timely to be reading it now. I know. And I'm trying to sort of read it instead of watching the news or, yeah. you know, well, I never watch the news, but you know, Twitter yeah. and Twitter. Um, I watch the news on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, mm-hmm. um, and her thing is like, as a writer, she understands that um, she had this great line about like, when I send my work off, I don't know if it's, at the same thing as throwing it in the trash can. And like, as an activist, it's the same thing. Like you go That's so to a true. march and like, you don't know what's going to happen, but she sort of tracks the way that different movements have had unexpected effects um, or have given us like the language to talk about problems. So like, even though we didn't stop the Iraq war, um, they slowed it down. Mm-hmm lives. So I'm learning a lot about different social movements that I wasn't as familiar with. And I'm feeling like really bolstered by it. Oh, I'm going to run out and buy it. Um, I'm actually working on a thriller, which has some roots in activism right now. So I want to buy it for that, but I really want to get it just for bolstering my soul. And I love her work Uh, anyway. Who doesn't, who doesn't love her? Yeah. So that's fantastic. Thank you. Welcome. That's so cool. And what would you like to tell us about right now? Where can we find you? So, oh, um, please tell us about the um, observational micro essays. I, is, I love this. Yeah. It's such a great idea. So, since I started that blog that has those yeah. micro essays on it, um, I guess ten years ago. No, so uh, a while ago. Um, sitting at my desk as an office manager at a structural engineering firm. Um, I just sort of tried to think of what I could call my blog posts that made them sound fancier than I'm blogging. Um, <laughs> and which, you know, I totally mean, works. what's the difference? But now I've, I mean, there's a huge hunger for a flash. Yeah. Um, and I've even seen the phrase micro essay. Other, I mean, I didn't invent the word micro and the word essay. I just put them together. But um, I sort of thought that I had, and I I've, didn't. Um, yeah, I'd never, I'd never seen it before, so I'll, get, yeah. I'll give you all the credit. Yeah, thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> um, so I just love to, and then I thought, well, maybe I'm a poet. Is that really what this is about? So I'm having like an identity crit because it's like, well, there's more places to publish poetry, but I just love the work of like Lydia Davis, um, who writes really short things and. Mary Rufal, two of my favorite writers. So I, I just, she's a poet and she writes um, also in short prose oh, and also cool. has the best book about writing I've ever read. Really? Okay. What's that one called? Madness, Rack, and Honey. Awesome. Thank you. It's okay. so good. I haven't even finished reading it yet because I can't. Oh, I do that. I yeah. do that with, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing that with, yeah. the, with the Folded Clocks by Heidi Julevitz. Yeah, it's just so good and beautiful and I just can't bear it. So I've been reading it for like almost a year now. I read a a couple chapters and then. Yeah. 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 Mary Rufel is a dream. So, so the micro essays are on my blog. Um, And where is that located? Okay. Okay. Done.com. With two N's. Um, Yes. My first initial, my middle initial and my last name. Which is a great way to be known in the internet. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It was my, you know, randomly assigned college email. And I called my dad and said, did you you know that this was my name? And he sort of laughed and uh, I don't know. Do you think he did? 
I mean, he sort of tried to take credit for it, but I was like, I don't think you really <laughs> thought this through, but I'll take it. But okay, done. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I don't know if anybody will be watching locally, but I have two readings coming up. Ooh. Um, I'm reading in Saugerties, New York, which is by Woodstock. Um, What's the date at their shout out Saugerties festival and the date I am locating because I forgot, um, when it is, I think it's October 21st. Oh, perfect. This will go live probably this week. So okay. time for yep. Saturday, to... Saturday, October 21st. Okay. And, um, also in Troy, New York at sorry um an evening with local writers at hudson valley community college on thursday october 26th awesome and those are on my website that's not my blog which is oliviakdunn.com okay and i will link to that on the show notes so people can go to that that is awesome well thank you so very much for being on the show i loved your answers and i feel inspired to go back and tackle my work which i started early this morning and haven't quite gotten back to oh good me too thank you so much for (laughs) inviting me i feel really fancy and cool to be on the podcast (laughs) i feel i feel that to have you thanks olivia have a wonderful night you too bye-bye Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.